Welcome to It's Mercedes, honest conversations for freedom-minded women. I'm your host, Mercedes, founder of Libertas Sisters, and every episode I invite a guest to discuss topics such as femininity, relationships, the culture war, self-reliance, politics, and freedom. And let's be honest, whatever else I'm in the mood for. So pop in those headphones, pour yourself a beverage, and settle in. Let's get this episode started. Today, I want to welcome Elizabeth Vienes. She is an author, copywriter, investor, and she has an awesome account called Casual Tactical, which is all about women's self-defense. She advocates for women's self-defense, and that is exactly what we're going to be talking about today. So Elizabeth, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me on. I'm so glad that you're here. And I like... Well, my listeners know, but I am, I, I like the pew pew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I know, right. So I'm excited to have this conversation because I especially want to kind of talk about, uh, and give information to ladies that are on the fence and are maybe a little bit nervous about firearms and maybe yeah. discuss what you should do and debunk some concerns that they may have. So can you take a moment real quick to introduce yourself? Yeah, I am Elizabeth and I live in Seattle with my husband, Adam, who is a Marine Corps combat veteran. Um, We've been married for 16 years together for 22 a uh, very long time. So Good for you. <laughs> from Buffalo, New York, but we live in Seattle now. And yeah, I'm a copywriter by trade, author of an ebook that I just released. And in my spare time, I trade stocks and invest in. I know you're also pretty interested, which we're not going to go side like, but you're pretty interested in crypto too, right? I am. Yeah, I do. I trade stocks and crypto. Um, that's a little bit newer to me, but uh, that's been a lot of fun the last uh, couple of years. Yeah, that's on my list to do. Like, I need to find someone who wants to talk about crypto and explain it to me like I'm a dumb dumb. <laughs> I, I have some resources for you so we can talk about it after this. <laughs> So I know, like I followed your account for a while and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure like you didn't grow up with firearms. You actually got an interest in firearms later. So will you share with us maybe how you got into firearms and why? Yeah. So, um, years ago, probably, I would say probably 15 years ago, um, my husband got out of the Marine Corps and he was going to buy his first firearm as a civilian. So he wanted to start carrying concealed and um, he bought a Glock 19, which is like the universal first firearm for everybody. And I will say one of the best firearms to learn on if you're brand new. Uh, so he bought that and he wanted to go shoot it. And he asked me to go to the range with him. And, um, I wasn't interested. I went as kind of a thing that you do for your marriage, uh, which for me is also like watching game of Thrones, but I just look at my phone the whole time because I don't, I'm I'm participating and I'm being a good sport, but I'm not really interested. (laughs) I don't like that show. Um, but you know, you, you have to, he watches a lot of garbage TV with me. So I watch that with him. (laughs) So I went with him. I wasn't anti-gun at the time. I just didn't have any experience and I didn't have any interest. So growing up, family members had guns. Um, My brother was a hunter. My uncle and cousins were hunters. I mean, they were in a gun club. My uncle was an NRA instructor. I mean, there were guns around, but in the family that I grew up in, guns were not for girls. Guns were for boys and men. And um, there was just like no opportunity. I mean, even to the point of I remember being a little kid and my brothers would shoot a BB gun with my grandfather. They'd shoot cans uh, in my grandfather's garden and I was not allowed to participate in that. So I just didn't have the experience. I didn't have any interest, Um, but I went and three shots in, I was like, okay, I like this. This is pretty cool. And at that time I thought, Um, you know, this will be a thing like we'll go to the range, we'll shoot, we'll blow off some steam. It'll be kind of like a cool date night. Like a hobby Uh, kind of thing to do, but nothing like serious. Like you weren't really thinking outside of that. (laughs) Right. I didn't think anything outside of that. Um, I tend to like activities where I can make goals and there's like a clear way that you can improve. So I am 
a lifelong learner, right? I love to learn things on my own. That's how I got into stock trading. That's actually how I became a, a copywriter because that's not, you know, my actual background. Um, so I thought, okay, this will be cool. And I will be able to figure out how to get better at this, right? Like there's metrics. Oh yeah, for sure. Like you literally have a target there that's telling you whether or not you're doing better. <laughs> exactly. So my brain went immediately there, but I never thought of buying my own gun. I never thought of carrying concealed again, wasn't against it. It just wasn't like on my radar. So when my husband started carrying, um, I naturally just started learning more about guns. And as he was learning more about pistols, I guess, right. Cause he was in the Marine Corps. So he was really an expert on rifles and pistols, you know, he knew enough to be dangerous. He knew his service pistol that he carried and stuff like that, but he started learning more. And as we were going to the range, um, the first thing that happened was the Glock 19 was a little bit too big for my hands. Right. So I was having a little bit of a, I mean, for a pistol for me, I mean, I think my husband gave me a Glock 19 for the first time and I was like, okay, but It was a lot, like, especially for the first time I was like, (laughs) yeah, it was like hard for me to, to reach the trigger. I have small hands. So for context, uh, I'm five foot tall and my husband is six, two. So we're very different in, in size and stature. So we started to kind of explore the idea of me getting something, um, that I could become more proficient in and shoot easier or shoot and handle easier. But again, it didn't, it, you know, I wasn't thinking about concealed carry at the time. So as I started to learn more about what he was doing and self-defense and I, I really kind of became at this time in my life, like I was done with college and getting into my career and stuff. So I feel like I really had time more to become aware of like the world and society, right? Because we all know that we go through those periods of time, whether you're a new mom or you're like going to college. Yeah. You're just so busy with this one aspect of your life. You can't really like spend time and energy in this other like hobby essentially is what you were looking at. It wasn't something that was foundational to your everyday life. You're just like on autopilot. So you're not really like kind of aware. So as I became kind of aware, I started realizing that there were a lot of situations that I was putting myself in um, that I didn't necessarily feel safe, but I didn't know that there was an alternative to that. Right. So I would go to work and I would get, get home from work and I would immediately change and go to the gym by, by myself at night. And, you know, it would, in it, the winter time, it would be pitch dark, yeah. you know, seven thirty or whatever, when I was going back to my car at the gym and, and I happened to work out at a gym that was inside a mall. So the parking lot was enormous, right? It would, there was no chance of getting there at like six o'clock at night and getting a, a close parking spot. I mean, you were walking forever and I would go to work very early in the morning. And I, you know, I would be in this little office in a downtown area, um, by myself when it was still dark out, nobody else there, you know? So just things like that. I started realizing like, this doesn't feel good maybe there's an alternative, like maybe yeah, there you, you started to feel like maybe there's something I could do, you know, yep. and to have a little bit more control as opposed to just feeling vulnerable and on the lookout. Cause really that's, yeah. that's all you had was maybe your situational awareness, which exactly. is a good thing, yep. but it's, <laughs> it's also good to have another tool on top of that. Yeah. And I feel like I had the situational situational awareness, like since a little kid, right. My grandfather was really into, you know, um, kind of giving me little tips, like don't, don't park next to a van with a big sliding door when you're by yourself, you know, like carry Good your tip, like, yeah. Like not knowing that, you know, carrying your keys between your fingers will destroy your hand. Like it's not going to hurt, um, you know, a six foot two man that's coming after me. But I think, you know, I think he was like in his own way, trying to just get me to be aware of my surroundings. And my husband has always, um, you know, been somebody who preached that too, right? Like keep your head on a swivel, like be aware, keep, keep your head up. So I feel like I was always aware and always carried myself in a way where like people knew that I was interacting with them without interacting with them. But the reality of a situation for a lot of 
women, myself included, um, that my size, you know, I feel like I'm very strong for my size. Uh, I have lifted weights for 25 years consistently and I lift for strength, not for any type Aesthetic. of look. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the reality is that, you know, men are stronger. My brother's like four inches taller than me. And, um, so he's not much bigger than me, but he is much stronger than me. I mean, he would overpower me in three seconds. There would, yeah, it's just a reality of female biology. It's just something like, I know there's always like this debate of, you know, women shouldn't have to feel in danger when you're walking around. I'm like, yeah, I guess that's a nice idea, Yeah, but that's also, (laughs) I know that's also assuming that everybody's like a good guy and you know, there aren't good guys everywhere. They're not all bad guys, but you have to, it's like, I always tell my husband and my, we're always doing this. It's like, uh, hope for the best prepare for the worst. Like my hope is like, I'm prepared for the worst and I never have to do it. Mm -hmm. You know? Yep. And I think every woman has had at least one situation um, where maybe nothing tragic happened, but they felt like something wasn't right. And I I would probably go so far to say is every woman I know has had maybe a hundred of those situations. I mean, there's, there's just a thing that um, about being in a woman's body that's hard for men to understand. I think that some men go above and beyond and they try to understand that, but it's just a fundamental difference of being in a woman's body and walking in a dark parking lot or being somewhere where you feel like you're being followed or somebody saying something to you that you, you do not want to interact with that person. So I think um, that is, is the difference, right? And that is the reason why, you know, in my opinion, concealed carry is the best way to level that playing field. And I know that people won't agree with that, but the reality is that just men and women are built different. And if there is a man who wishes to cause me harm uh, and I am unarmed, I mean, he's probably going to be able to cause me harm very easily. Like it's, yeah. I, I will put up the fight of my life, but at the same time, there's just not much I can do against physical strength. He already has that right. ability built into him. And, yeah. and you- a lot of men are taught to fight, right? Like a lot of men are taught to fight uh, as, as kids because boys fight, you know, or they go like my husband, again, was in the Marine Corps. He was taught to fight, you know, like I don't, I, I wasn't, I, I don't, there are women that are, you know, like a lot of like really badass women, strong women, female fighters and everything like that. But that's the um, exception. The default is, is that right. women aren't typically, they don't want to fight men though. No. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Well, that's really interesting. And that's like a segue because, you know, one of the things obviously I would assume as a person that promotes firearms and concealed carry, you are a fan of the second amendment. Oh yeah. (laughs) I am a second uh, amendment absolutist. I mean, I, again, people will listen to this and they will not agree with me, but I am a second amendment absolutist who believes in no gun laws at all. And I am totally there with you. And I want to touch on that because I find that really interesting because when people hear that, they're like, yeah. What, what do you mean? Like none, none whatsoever. And I'm like, uh, yeah, like none. none. <laughs> and they're like, but, and I'm like, no, 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 but, but we'll, <laughs> we'll go down we'll that. There. Yeah, we'll get there. Cause I know you, sh- you shared this on your social media and, uh, just with what you said, re- like just now, and the second amendment is something I value closely. And I think it is obviously a right for all Americans. But I think there is definitely an argument to be made that the Second Amendment is also, you know, essentially also a women's rights issue. And that to minimize or or to try and police the Second Amendment, you're also negatively affecting women. Like, would you agree with that statement? And if so, like, why would you? Yeah, I I believe that gun rights are women's rights. I believe that gun rights are minority rights. I believe that gun rights are class rights. And I, you know, there's data to support that um, when 
access to firearms are restricted. There are certain groups of people in our country that suffer the most, and it's women and uh, minorities and classes in certain areas of our country where crime is high. So taking that stuff away hurts people who need desperately to defend their themselves, right? It doesn't change anything about the amount of crime. In fact, the opposite would happen is if more people were armed in neighborhoods where there were a lot of crime, crime would come down, right? If more women were comfortable with firearms, they may not be taken advantage as often as they are. And the reality right now is that crimes against women uh, violent crime against women is rising. So in 2021, we're seeing that number go up, not go down. And that is tragic. And a lot of that has to do with lockdowns and all the stuff we've been experiencing the last couple of years, as does a lot of crime in certain areas of our country, right? Desperation and, you know, things seem to be getting worse on that front. But what has not changed is the fact that somebody who wants to get a gun illegally will get a gun illegally. Like a gun law has never stopped them from doing. It's literally never stopped a criminal from getting a gun that they wanted to get. That's why they're criminals. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of wanted to touch on that. And I wanted you to share your opinions on that because a lot of people think, you know, there are people that think the Second Amendment is either an antiquated idea, that it was during a time of revolution, that it was during a time where you had an oppressive government, which we could totally get into that discussion. We're there now. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what I mean? Where they're like battling or they're fighting for their independence against a monarchy. They really try and frame it in that image or protecting yourself against tyranny from the government, which is absolutely a valid reason for the existence of the Second Amendment. But I also think it's very applicable in our current times when we talk about, you know, women being able to defend themselves, Mm -hmm. family and minorities being able to defend themselves when they're in, you know, like you said, in a class situation when you're in an area that is more, has a larger amount of crime. So I also, that's why I wanted to kind of discuss that aspect because- I think, I don't know if it's because the constitution was signed in 1776. Not right. yet. That was the declaration of independence. Yeah. But, <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, but it's an old document is what they try to yeah. say. But you could they, argue that since we've had that document, um, there's maybe a reason why uh, our government and, and, you know, not now the past couple of years, but there's maybe a reason why our government treaded lightly the way that they did, where they don't do that in other countries where their citizens do not have access to firearms. Absolutely. I'm a huge believer that history repeats itself and anyone can go back and look at countries where the mass population was asked to give up their guns for the good of society and see what happened to them. And it wasn't good. And there are survivors of those situations that are telling Americans right now, absolutely do not give up your guns. I mean, even present day Australia, if you, you, you can't get food right now, if you're in a certain category of people, you can't go to the store, yeah, you can't go to restaurants, you can't dine in food. restaurants. Yeah. Yeah, you can't you can't do that. I mean, I'll be honest, I live in Seattle. And and right now, if you are not vaccinated, you cannot go to a restaurant. So it's it's just, you know, history does repeat itself, whether people want to believe it or not, whether they feel that we're, you know, so far away from um, a government that do that to its citizens. I mean, that's they can argue that all they want. But there is definitely the argument to say that maybe what has happened since that document has si- was signed is because, you know, the government knows um, that its people are armed. And I think that's why it's kind of freaky that there is a contingent of people that are allowing themselves to be conditioned into thinking that they don't need them, right. which and honestly, you know, we have reached a point right now currently where we're dealing with mandates and restrictions and everything like that. And I firmly believe that if we didn't have that document and we weren't an armed, a pretty well-armed population, yes. yeah. mm-hmm. that we would definitely be 
um, in positions like Australia and New Zealand and also what's happening in Austria and everything like that. And, and I really think that these two things, um, among others, but have put a break Mm -hmm. on tyranny and things like that. Like you can't, like you, you can't come to now. I'm not going to say that it can't happen in the United States, but you can't just come in here and be by decree, do stuff because people will lose their freaking mind. You have to do it slowly. Yeah, we have a huge amount of gun owners in um, the United States, whether people want to believe that or not. I mean, it's just true. And we have a huge amount of, uh, we have a huge veteran population um, in our country, right, who have been trained to protect our freedoms, uh, no matter who's coming for those freedoms. So it it doesn't matter to them. I think, uh, you know, most of them could get to a certain point where uh, their free will is being taken away or oppressed so heavily. So, I mean, there is a huge amount. And last year, uh, the gun sales, 40% of gun sales were to women last year. Yeah. And that's exactly what I wanted to talk about too, because it is amazing. Like, you know, my husband and I, my husband was always interested in firearms. Right. And then once we got married, I slowly got interested in it. And I think I was very much like you. It wasn't now that I, my eyes are open and I'm much more aware and I have been for the last, you know, five to six years, it is much more an element of, of a value. You know what I mean? Where it's something that's much more ingrained in me as opposed to like this frivolous interest or hobby, Um, which having a interest or hobby is a good start. You know what I mean? But women in particular, and I, you know, honestly, I, we can chalk this up to either how we're raised societally, or if it's a biological thing, like we're just not as confrontational. Women are not as risk taking, you know what I mean? Like yep. a dude will jump off of virtually anything. A woman will definitely. <laughs> yeah, men's life expectancy is much lower than women's. I mean, it's yeah. always been that way and dudes just do dude stuff. And, yeah. that's and so we're kind of like assessing, <laughs> yeah. is this really, really <laughs> worth the risk? <laughs> So I think that is part of the aspect of why firearms haven't been like a isn't predominant thing in women's culture, you might argue. But 2020 and everything that has happened, there was just chaos. There is no better word to say it, especially with riots. There is an uptick in crime. I think there's a lot more awareness about certain issues that have made women more open to firearms. So there has been a huge increase in women, not only purchasing firearms, but I think there's even more women out there that maybe they haven't purchased, but are curious and are just kind of unsure, you know, they're nervous about it. And so if you were to encounter a woman that's like, I'm kind of curious, but I'm scared. How would you tell them is a good way to get started and kind of calm some of those fears? Right. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of weekly in uh, my DMs on Instagram. Right. Um, I think women prefer to communicate privately, right? Like we're doing on -on one-on-one or in small groups, whereas like the, the male gun accounts on Instagram and concealed carry accounts and stuff like that, you'll see far different interaction through the comments. Whereas women uh, are, I find that women need to know everything about a subject before they jump into it. Not all women, but like for the, that's how men and women differ. Like, I feel like they need to know everything about it. And so if they can get some one-on-one time and ask questions, I also think there is, a huge stigma in the female community uh, about women who carry guns, which is why one of the reasons why I started my account, I just wanted to show people that I'm just like a regular person, right? Like I'm not a competition shooter. I'm not, I a wasn't gun bunny. You're not, yeah, yeah. Like I'm not, you know, I'm just a regular person who wants to be able to defend myself. So I take one extra step before I go to target, but I go to target and buy sweatshirts like everybody else. Right. So it's, it's no different. So the first thing, um, that I will tell women is if they have no experience with guns, they need to get training and they need to take a little bit of time to find, a class uh, with an instructor that they will click with because there are a lot of good instructors out there and there are a lot of bad instructors. And the gun industry is still, I would say, primarily a male-dominated industry. And there are still males that are kind of floating around the industry that treat teaching a woman different than they would treat teaching a man. Absolutely. I mean, you don't have to dance around it. There's still, it is 
male dominant. Yeah. And then there are definitely some instructors, especially if you're in certain areas that mm-hmm. are kind of chauvinistic in their, right. in their teaching. Like they yeah. assume that the woman is either going to be more nervous or more scared or can't handle a firearm or not even, honestly, sometimes like I worked with one instructor one time, which I was like, dude, I'm not incompetent. I understand. Yeah. I think some of them still just believe that women shouldn't be there. Like this is not women's lane and they, they shouldn't, they shouldn't be doing that. And to be perfectly honest, that's evidenced by the comment section on my Instagram and my DMs. There are still a lot of men that just don't, whatever happens in their brain when they see a woman doing something that they feel is like a guy thing, they just don't like it. So I think it's important. There are fantastic female instructors out there. There are fantastic male instructors out there. Um, One thing I tell people is to kind of take a minute to decide if you're a person who would learn better one-on-one or in a group setting, right? Like I I liken it to um, exercise. I'm a weightlifter and I've lifted with people before, but I prefer, I have a home gym now and I just prefer to be by myself unless it's with my husband. But I have friends who will not work out unless it's group fitness. And I think that that's awesome for them because that's the, that's the way that they feel better about it. And that's the way to get them to do that. So if you're a person who likes that group atmosphere, or you would feel more comfortable if you could somehow get three or four of your girlfriends to go to this or meet some women that were like trying to go down the same path with you, a group class would be better than one-on-one. So the training is the ultimate importance though. And I think people- they forget that saying that people, yeah, yeah, like people go and like, for example, here in Georgia, Georgia, it's very easy to get a concealed carry. I've gotten concealed carry, like I think in four States, and this is literally the easiest state I have ever been in. I go down, I fill out a piece of paperwork. I, they do my thumbprint and I get it in the mail, which is awesome. Yeah. Surprisingly, that's how it is in Washington as well. So, Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's awesome because, but I, practice with my firearm. You know what I mean? Like, you know, so I think a lot of people forget that when you, you got to, there's another step. Like, it's not just about getting your permit. It's not just about getting your firearm. Right. You have to practice and you have to train with it. Right. And it's intimidating. It's intimidating to think I'm going to go to a class and learn how to shoot a gun and I've never even handled it. And so, you know, it's also important to know that your first class, you're, you're probably not, I mean, a good instructor is not going to have you live fire in a first class. You're going to learn the safety and you're going to learn some, um, you know, ins and outs of the gun. But for me, honestly, the, the way that I got comfortable handling firearms sounds silly, but was handling firearms. So taking it apart, putting it back together, learning what happens, what exactly happens when I pull the trigger. So how functionally does that work? Now, my husband's an engineer, so he was more than happy, happy. to like, give me this type of class and continue to do that. But I would even, um, I would even at the beginning videotape, like after I had instruction and stuff, I would video my husband doing things, right? Like racking around, clearing and stuff. So I could go back and, you know, if I felt like nervous about doing something. So that was a huge thing for me was to learn exactly how it worked in and out. And then I felt more comfortable handling it, which I think is probably the second biggest question I get is about negligent. I mean, people call it accidental discharges, but there's yeah. no such thing as an accidental discharge. It's always pull the trigger. <laughs> right. And that's a good fear to have. I mean, that's a healthy fear to have because that is, is life threatening. If yes, absolutely. Like every firearm <laughs> treat it like it's loaded. Yeah, for sure. Yep. <laughs> and then I think the, the biggest question I get from women who they know how to handle guns, they've had instruction. Now they're Uh, wanting to carry, but they don't know how to get started on that journey. And they're nervous about that. Um, There are two questions that I get a lot, which are polar opposites. One is, do I have to change my wardrobe? The answer is no. Which is a valid question as a woman. You know, 
and I, I've had this discussion with some of my girlfriends because I, I have several girlfriends who carry and it's always this debate of you have to change up how you carry because of your clothes, because we're not like dudes. We're not just in button downs or polos with jeans and a belt on, you know? Yeah. And our bodies are different, you know, like women's bodies are biologically different and, you know, they carry weight and women have babies and they have cycles every month that, you know, makes strapping a firearm to the front of your body, not feel great for a lot of women. And, um, they have postpartum and all of that. So all of that goes into it aside from the fact that we just like to wear different, you know, my husband wears the same thing every, every day. And he has one type of holster that he uses and he has it for like all seven of his carry pistol. You know what I mean? He's yeah, just one I do. And he's just totally cool with that. And, you know, I think that's awesome. So that's, that's a big question that I get. And then, um, women who are moms who have kids around, how do I carry and keep myself safe and keep my kids safe when they're, you know, they're toddlers and they're climbing they're all over climbing me and you. I'm still carrying them or, you know, I'm getting them in and out of the car and, and things like that. If you were to talk to women, because, you know, they're women or they're people, honestly, mm-hmm. that are like, well, why do I need a firearm? Um, I can call the police. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or especially women, I don't feel like I need a firearm. My husband carries a firearm. Right. Like, how, what do you feel and what do you say to women, especially, but individuals in general, that delegate their safety? to somebody else. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, I spend a lot of time with my husband. My husband works from home right now and I've always worked from home. Uh, so we spend a lot of time together. We, um, don't have kids. So we have, we do have the luxury of time and almost everything that we do is together, but not everything. Uh, I still have to leave the house at times when he's not there. Sometimes he has to go into his office and I'm home by myself. Uh, I travel a lot for work and sometimes he travels for work. So delegating it to your spouse um, is this, I, I mean, it's only a good idea if you're together all the time. You know, I, I mean, I can't see any other reason why you would do that. And now that's me speaking as an experienced person, but that's the short answer is just that you're not with them all the time. And you want to learn how to protect yourself in the instance that you have to protect yourself, right? So delegating it to somebody is saying that you're not going to learn it yourself. Well, right. and I also so, feel like it's given up an essential, like you're kind of giving up power to someone else. Right. And who knows? I mean, who knows what could happen? I mean, if we're both caring, we both might have to, I, you know, I have no idea what, what could happen. Right. But I want to learn for myself because there's a, this is hard to know and until you do it, but there is a certain, um, confidence that you get by being able to feeling like you can protect yourself. Now, Absolutely. if I've never been in a situation where I have had to pull my weapon or do anything like that, I've never been in that situation. I don't believe people when they say that they will handle it a certain way. I don't know how I will handle it. I know how I train to handle it. And I know how I work on my mindset to handle it. But because I've never been there, I will never say that I know how to handle it. I will hope that I handle it in this way and continue to train and reinforce my mindset and things like that. But I don't think there's any way um, to really know. But despite that, there's a certain confidence that comes and you start to get to live with less fear. People yeah. think the opposite. People think that you carry because you're paranoid. Actually, the opposite. I felt much more, I wouldn't say paranoid, but I felt much more fearful um, if I can think back to the days when I didn't carry going somewhere, uh, you know, in, in a dark parking lot or just being somewhere by myself in a, I mean, these days, public bathrooms. I, you know, I, well, I don't even- Let me ask you this because I like to kind of prod a question because I agree with you. Like mm-hmm. I carry, I feel much more empowered, you yeah. know, maybe- um, where, and a lot of people think like there's a stigma of 
like if you're preparing for a bad situation, it's because you're fearful or you're like, you know, they, they give you like that prepper kind of mentality. You know what I mean? They give you that stigma. Yep. And I can honestly say that when I care, I feel like more confident and more secure, but then I wonder, does that give you maybe a false sense of security? Because some people will, will argue that just because you carry a firearm, maybe you feel better, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you are capable or there, it's more likely that someone will dominate you or whatever and take the firearm for, from you and then turn it on you. Yeah. How, do you, how yeah, do you respond to that? Yeah, that's an argument. And I can see both sides of it. Um, I think, number one, you have to know yourself and not listen to people who are trying to specifically argue against something that you're doing for the purpose of arguing, not for the purpose of understanding why you do it. And that's why I say that um, I, I only say what I train for in a situation and how I would hope to react. Um, I recently had kind of a little interaction in my comment section where somebody who claims he was an instructor for years said, perfect practice makes perfect results. And I said, no, it doesn't. I said, anybody who's ever been in a gunfight will tell you that there is no perfect situation there. As much as they've practiced, as much as they feel capable, as much as they feel competent, as many right things that they did, there's no perfect situation if somebody is attacking you and you have to pull out your firearm. There's, It's literally not perfect. You are going to do the best that you can. And yes, I believe that your best is it rides on your practice and it rides on your mentality. Um, there's a couple of good books that I recommend, uh, one being The Gift of Fear and the other one is um, When Violence is the Answer. And they are actually not books about guns at all. They're books about mindset and how you carry yourself and what situations you are going to be willing to put yourself in and what situations you decide that is not for me because there's a potential um, threat there. And I, I just don't want to get into that. So I think, um, well, and I think it's good that you share those because a lot of people make the mistake that it's all about the tool. Yes. You know what I mean? It's all yes. about the firearm. It's all about the ammo. And they right. put and invest a lot in this like tool right. when honestly, you have to have your mind right mm -hmm. in order to, you know, you have to be aware not only of your firearm, but your situation, what you're doing with yourself, what's going on around you. You have to get your mind straight. So you're able to assess the situation. If you heaven forbid have to pull your firearm, right. you know, so you can't like a lot of people just put all of this into the gun. Yeah. If you have it and you don't have training, um, if you don't believe that you can defend yourself, if you don't believe that you're worth defending, which I think is a big thing for women. Um, I've talked about this a lot because another fundamental difference uh, between women and men is women are taught maybe not directly, but they're taught by society that they are there to be nice and be polite and please somebody. So a guy is talking to you that you don't want him to talk to you. Well, you don't want to make him mad because what'll happen if you make him mad, right? So I think that a lot of women are nervous to defend themselves because they don't necessarily deep down. And I think they don't even realize this, that they're worth defending. Like I think uh, men, you know, if it comes to their life or somebody else, it's a split second decision, right? It's not a very, it's not a very long decision for them to make. I mean, typically the, right. the typical most, man, most yeah. of them. Yes. Yeah. Cause we have seen some instances, especially lately sure. in society where right. people are getting the crap beat out of them and there's dudes right. just standing there. And I'm like, bro, what the heck? Like do something. <laughs> What's going on? Yeah. I do think that, but I think that women need to get of the mindset that, um, they are capable of de defending themselves and they are, their life is of enough value that they can defend it. So I can only speak for myself personally. Uh, but if you come for me, I mean, I'm coming back for you now. I won't say that 
I, you know, it, it will be me or you, like, I don't know what the situation is going to be, but it will be a very fast decision that it's my life over yours. If you're coming for me to take my life or to try to harm me. So once you get of that mindset, I believe that things change. I mean, for me, they changed. And I, because we teased this in the beginning of our conversation mm-hmm. and we're kind of coming towards the end. So I want to probe a little bit more because second amendment absolutist, no gun laws. Are, mm-hmm. are you crazy? Like, yeah, a little bit. I think so. <laughs> like that's typically what someone would be like, oh, yeah. but like none whatsoever. Of course I'm, I'm imitating here. I, what is, I, I would like to let you kind of explore that, share that, like, what is your logic behind that? And why do you think that? Well, I think that it is your God-given right, your natural right to defend yourself no matter what. Um, and I, again, I know a lot of people don't agree with this, but just because I don't like my neighbor or I think that he's maybe a little crazy, he still has the right to defend himself if somebody comes into his house or attacks him in a parking lot or tries to snatch his kid away. Um, People have had struggles in the past, people who have gone to jail for marijuana or even stealing something, they still have the right to defend themselves. It's a God-given right. So that to me does not change based on what people do or they have done in the past or based on what my opinion of them is. And I think we get into these situations a lot in our society where the judgment is arbitrary and it's coming from people who have created this set of rules and people are judging, the citizens are judging other citizens or our government is judging citizens. Uh, and I, I disagree with that wholeheartedly. Like I, I just can't imagine, you know, judging someone's ability to defend themselves regardless of what they, what they've done or what society thinks of them. So that argument, like I, I've had a lot of discussions about freedom, um, prioritizing safety over freedom. You know what I mean? Like right now we're in a, in a, in a time that I find that a lot of people are really willing to give up certain freedoms in order for a perception of safety. And, you know, right now that discussion is being had with, um, vaccinations and mandates, Mm -hmm. but a lot of people would say, well, you're not going to allow someone who is a murderer or domestic violence or is a violent person and has shown a, has been actually convicted and shown a pattern of violence Mm -hmm. to own or carry a firearm. What would you say to that? I mean, I would say that if there are no gun laws, there are no gun laws. And how did they get that firearm to begin with? Uh, I also strongly believe that there would be less crime if everyone was armed. I believe that an armed society is a polite society, um, especially on the domestic violence side. Now, I'm not saying that it would wipe out all of domestic violence, but I'm saying that if women felt empowered to defend themselves and defend their lives, would there be as much domestic violence? I don't think so. I don't know. I don't know. I think that's an interesting right now. Yeah. And I think that's an interesting argument because the idea is to remove the tool. You know what I mean? Like remove the item that is hurting and killing people. And we're not instead thinking, why don't we train and empower people to defend themselves instead? Right. I mean, a lot of murders are done with knives. Uh, You know, a lot there people can hit you over the head with a baseball bat. It's it's not all like violence is going to happen if somebody wants to commit violence violence. happens. I mean, you know, a, a lot of domestic violence happens at the hand of the abuser. Right. There's, of course, of course, women, you know, and there and there's a pattern and stuff like that. I mean, we also have a lot of issues with our criminal justice system. And that's um, a whole other discussion. (laughs) That's a whole other podcast. Yeah, that's like a series of podcasts, I think, um, that we could do. So there's there's a lot of issues. um, But yeah, I I don't advocate for any gun laws because I don't think that there has been one single gun law that has reduced crime in an honest, data-driven way. There's, And I think that is a really good point 
to, you know, make because people are like, well, obviously if you, and it's like, no, it's not. Chicago has high crime. You can't have guns. Washington DC has high crime. You can't have guns. New York city has high crime. I mean, you can go on and on and on. And, and people who don't believe that are being fed, um, dishonest data from the media. So it's very easy to manipulate data. It's very easy to say something. And for somebody who doesn't understand guns or doesn't understand defending their life or anything like that to say, oh yeah, that makes sense. Right. Like I, I always see both sides of it where they can have, you know, we just had a law passed in Washington, um, in the middle of the night that said, we have a, we're an open carry state, but now after the protests at the Capitol, you can't open carry at the Capitol. Why? You know what I mean? Like people at the Capitol are their lives of more value than the people. And honestly, it's like I did this. um, I shared a post one time where, you know, I I love how people that are anti-gun or whatever believe so much in the power of the sign as if someone who's going to break the law is going to listen to a sign that says no guns allowed. You know what I mean? There were no shootings at the Capitol. That was, that was not happening. You know, people were just armed there because these are people who are armed all the time. It's about image. It's projection. They want to appear that they're doing something. But as a person, if I put myself in the shoes of a person who, uh, you know, doesn't have experience with guns, isn't really interested in any of that, I would say, oh yeah, that makes sense. You know, you can't have guns at the courthouse. You can't have guns at the Capitol that, or you can't open carry at the Capitol. That makes sense. So that's, uh, I mean, I'm not convinced that's how stuff like that gets passed, especially in my state, but that is, uh, you know, I can definitely see both sides of it. Uh, yeah, just there's a difference between side. like the layman that's seeing it from the outside and the people that are legislating, you know what exactly. I mean? Like yeah, that's exactly. two completely different things. Yeah. And I've always said like, everybody's like, but what about common sense gun laws or, and I'm like, well, we have all, we already have to do background checks. There's already these certain kind of amount of restrictions and everything like that. Right. And yet again, a law is only as good as it's willing to be followed and enforced. And so if people aren't going to follow it, and then on top of that, you're not going to have anybody really properly enforce it, then what good is it? Yeah, and, and common sense gun laws is a term made up by a politician that was just con- continued to be railed on by the media. And one of the problems we have in our country is that we're allowing politicians to be in a different class than we are. What does a politician get to make a law about how I can defend myself at my house, especially politicians who have security all the time and they live, live in houses that have armed security guards and things like that? Like, I don't care what they think about that. They're no yeah. different. They're servants. They're not, they're not in a different class. I don't, I don't know at what point this turned in our country where politicians are in a certain different, you know, class than citizens, hardworking citizens, and they get to tell us um, what we can do. I mean, essentially what I can do to defend my body. Like I, I'm not listening to that. I don't, yeah. no, <laughs> I don't I'm like totally that. with you. <laughs> I'm like, you really have no standing in your argument yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, we, we laugh about it, but my husband was a, a main gunner tanker in the Marine Corps. And I, you know, if I could roll a tank right up in this driveway, we would, you know, we'd be the first person to buy a civilian like, tank. I, I made my run to Target. Now I'm yeah. here ready. Yeah. There would be no road rage incidents though. If you had, if, if you had a tank, you know, like that would really, I think, cut down on the road rage because you would see that thing coming at you and it'd be like, Oh, I get out of my way think about that for a second. <laughs> Awesome. Thank you so much, Elizabeth, for sharing your ideas and kind of like introducing concealed carry and firearms a little bit to our listeners and to women. And speaking of which, you have probably one of like a perfect tool to help women out. Like, don't you like have something going on right now? Yeah, I recently released uh, my new ebook called Women's Guide to Concealed Carry. So it is a hundred page ebook of everything that I've learned about concealed carry in the past five or six years. So it goes through 
everything from wardrobe, how to dress around your gun or how to adjust your wardrobe if you need (laughs) to. Um, I had some friends who are moms who conceal carry and they wrote some awesome info for me for the moms out there, women, you know, looking to become moms and how to handle that. I have a friend of mine who is a sheriff's deputy and she gave some information about how to handle traffic stops and, you know, I've got everything in there, awkward situations, you know, what to do when you go to the doctor and you conceal carry and just a lot of information that I think will help. So my intention in writing it was to go back to when I was wanting to start uh, carrying concealed and I couldn't find a lot. I was frustrated by the lack of information that was specifically for women. So I felt like I was just scrolling for hours and looking on YouTube and not really getting the answers to my question questions. So I wanted to take all of those questions that I still get weekly on my Instagram account and, you know, in my email. And I, I want to take everything that I've learned and just kind of put it into one resource so that uh, the beginner or somebody who was caring but not quite confident, or somebody who was caring but wanted to learn a little bit more, they could just have this resource and just, you know, jump to sections or read through it fully and uh, hopefully get all their questions answered. Yeah, that's awesome because especially if you do just a general Google search, you know what I mean, or YouTube yeah. search or whatever, you get tons of information. There's like a ton of gun information out there. Yeah. But it's all from dudes, basically for dudes, you know? Yes. And Um, which is fine. And it was very informative and I'm not knocking it because there's a ton of really great, solid information, but there is a little bit of aspect of information that is very specific for women. And that is much harder to come by. So I I think women don't have time. Women don't have time to be like scrolling on YouTube all day. Right. Like we don't want to have to like get the information from a guy and then (laughs) make adjustments to try and make it, you know, fit for yourself. Like we don't have time for that. We like, Women are splitting their brains in like 15 different situations. For sure. You know? <laughs> For so sure. It's like, let's, let's simplify this a little bit. So that ebook yeah. sounds like a great solution. Yeah. I'm going to definitely put a link in the uh, show notes for your, you are on Instagram as uh, casual tactical, correct? Casual and tactical on Instagram. And then on Twitter, uh, somebody already had my name. So it's casual underscore tactical. So I'll have links to both your Twitter and your Instagram so people can follow you and a link to your ebook. If you want me, like I can directly uh, also provide a link to your ebook where you guys, yeah, where people can find it, download it and support this awesome lady in her evangelism of firearms (laughs) and conceal carry for women. I'm going to put that in my bio. I like that description. That's good. (laughs) Well, thanks so much, Elizabeth. This was a great conversation. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Before you guys hit stop, hold on for a moment because I got an announcement for you. I want to thank Elizabeth, not only of coming on and having this awesome conversation with me, but she is also giving all It's Mercedes podcast listeners a 25% discount off of her brand new ebook, Women's Guide to Concealed Carry. You will get 25% off with the code It's Mercedes, I-T-S-M-E-S-E-I-D-Y. Link and details in the show notes. Also, my online women's community is open till the end of the year, December 30th. Liberta Sisters is an online community of women founded on the values of femininity, self-reliance, and freedom. Make sure you join the email list and you'll get a registration link along with a 15% off discount code. Thanks so much for listening to It's Mercedes, honest conversations for freedom-minded women. You can find the show notes for this episode at itsmercedes.com. And if you're loving the podcast, I would be so honored if you would go ahead and hit that subscribe button and leave me a five-star review. And if you would like to have conversations like this with other freedom-minded women, visit libertasisters.com, an online community of women founded on the values of femininity, self-reliance, and freedom. You can also connect with me on Instagram at itsmercedes or join my email list. Until next time, stay free and stay honest.